Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today, we'll unlock the book The Power of Habit, Why We Do What We Do in Life and Business. What do you do first thing in the morning? Brush your teeth, wash your face, take a shower, or eat your breakfast? Do you tie your left or right shoe first? Which route do you take to work? When you arrive at the office, do you first check your email or make small talk with your colleagues? Do you eat a healthy salad or a hearty steak for lunch? After you get home in the evening, do you exercise or make your dinner first? You may think that all of these choices are the result of deliberate thinking, but they are not. Most of those actions are the byproduct of your habitual patterns. According to research published by Duke University in 2006, 40% of people's daily activities are born from habits, not decisions made after careful consideration. Habits play an essential role in our lives. Over time, they profoundly impact our health, productivity, financial security, and happiness. As a result, we all want to develop good habits or break bad ones. Nevertheless, most of us fail to do so and easily revert to our regular patterns. However, once we understand the science behind habit formation, we can break habits into segments and restructure them to develop good ones that fit our needs and support healthier eating patterns and higher productivity. Over the decades, Charles Duhigg, the author of this book, consulted hundreds of neuroscientists, psychologists, sociologists, and marketing specialists. Based on this extensive research, his book explains the neurology of habit formation and the mechanics of changing habits. We'll divide the premise of this book into five main areas. Part 1, The Neurology of Habit Formation. Part 2, How to Change an Old Habit. Part 3, How to Create a New Habit. Part 4, Finding Keystone Habits. Part 5, Are We Responsible for Our Habits? How do our habits function? Let's first tell the story of Eugene Pauly. Pauly was diagnosed with viral encephalitis. While his physical health recovered, he suffered from latent memory loss. Pauly couldn't retain any memories of recent events. He couldn't remember the name of people he had recently met, nor could he remember the dates of recent events. Some mornings he got out of bed, walked into the kitchen, cooked himself bacon and eggs, retreated under the covers, and turned on the radio. After a short time, he would repeat the sequence all over again. Concerned, Pauly's wife reached out to Larry Squire, a scientist who specializes in memory loss. When researching Polly's case, Squire discovered a very peculiar detail. Despite his memory loss, Polly could remember his way back home. Polly was advised to get more exercise, so his wife escorted him for walks, taking the same route every day. Doctors also asked her to keep an eye on him at all times because they worried that he would not be able to find his way back home if he got lost. However, one day, while his wife got dressed for their stroll, Polly slipped out the front door unnoticed. Worried sick, his wife looked for him everywhere, but to no avail. When she returned home despondent and ready to call the police, she found him sitting on the couch watching TV. Polly didn't even recall leaving the house, let alone how he found his way home. The pine cones on the table were the sole evidence of his departure. When Squire asked Polly to draw a map of the block where he lived, he couldn't do it, and he later forgot the assignment altogether. Next, researchers began accompanying Polly on his walks. They discovered that, 
Even though Polly couldn't tell his companions the direction of his home, he always found his way back. Since the part of Eugene's brain related to memory retention was damaged, Stark suspected that another part of the brain was involved in helping Polly find his way home. In other words, his brain was developing a new pattern. But how did he manage to do it? This mystery was explained by a study on rats in the Brain and Cognitive Science Department at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Researchers implanted tiny sensors into the brains of rats and observed them searching for chocolate inside a maze. Each rat was placed behind a partition that opened with a loud click sound when the experiment started. At first, each rat wandered around the maze, sniffing the corners and scratching the walls. At this stage, the brain displayed a high level of mental activity. However, with time, the rats became increasingly familiar with the maze and could quickly find the chocolate. Finally, they began performing the act almost unconsciously, as the action morphed into a habit. One structure played a vital role in the process, the basal ganglia, a golf ball-sized lump of tissue located toward the center of the skull. When rats take the same route several times, their brains gradually convert this sequence of actions into an automatic routine that can be stored in the basal ganglia, which will then recall the routine and act on it. As such, rats developed a habit. Habits explain why learning to drive a car requires significant concentration, but we can do it unthinkingly or even entertain other thoughts as we drive when we become more experienced drivers. Once we've learned how to drive, our basal ganglia assume control when we pull out the car keys, and each of the necessary actions happens automatically. Our brains are always endeavoring to save effort, and habits allow our brains to conserve processing power. We don't need to think about how to walk, brush our teeth, or do other mundane activities. Instead, we devote our mental energy to more sophisticated activities, such as the presentation we need to give in front of our colleagues or the client meeting we need to lead. But how do we know when to remain vigilant and when to let our habits take over? If we choose the wrong moment to switch to habitual behavior, we might fail to notice an errant vehicle on the road and get into an accident. Therefore, our basal ganglia developed an ingenious system to determine when it is appropriate to let habits overtake other behavioral patterns. Let's see how it worked on the lab rats in the maze. Before entering the maze, the rats were unaware of what was behind the partition. Therefore, their brains exerted a lot of effort looking for a hint as to which pattern to use. At that moment, if a rat heard the familiar click of the partition, it automatically utilized its maze habit. Once the chocolate was discovered, its brain regained control to ensure that everything unfolded as expected. This entire process unfolds in the brain as a three-step loop. First, there is a cue, in the rat's case, for example, the click of the partition. The cue helps the brain understand which automatic mode to turn on and which habit to use. Second, there is a routine, which can be physical, mental, or emotional, in this case, it is the rat going through the maze. Third, there is a reward, the chocolate. The reward assists the brain with determining whether this particular loop is worth remembering and using in the future. So, what does this have to do with Polly? The reason why Polly could go home on his own was that he had formed a habit. This habit loop allowed him to navigate back home despite his memory loss. The trees and mailboxes on the corners were cues, and their fixed placements guided Polly on his way back home. Finding the way home was his reward. That forms the first part of our bookie. Polly's story in the experiment on the rats in the maze introduced us to the habit formation loop, 
which involves the cue, the routine, and the reward. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.